If you would please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 59. Psalm 59, if you need a Bible or need, forgot your Bible, there should be some in the chairs and the pews in front of you. And you can find Psalm 59 on page 477. Page 477. Uh, we are getting near the end of finishing a sermon series in a selection of the Psalms during these summer months. We'll finish with Psalm 60 next week, and then we'll move into a sermon series through the book of Romans. It'll take us, it'll take us some time, but we'll, we'll begin that and looking forward to that study of God's word uh, together with you. Psalm 59 this morning, it's another one of those Psalms where all is not well in David's life. Uh, the superscript, the context for this psalm there in Psalm 59 tells us that David wrote this psalm as an individual lament because his king, his boss, was trying to kill him. Had men sent to his house to take his life. And in response to this great threat, David cries out to the Lord to deliver him. And to save him from bloodthirsty men. So although you and I may not have bloodthirsty men camped outside of our homes this evening seeking to destroy us. We do have threats. We do have stresses. We do have worries. We do have trials. And we might even have mockers in our lives. And we do, just like David says here, we do need the steadfast love of the Lord in our lives to save us, to protect us. We need the strength of the Lord. We need to know that God is our mighty fortress. And so once again, Psalm 59 can be a great help to us. It can be a balm for our souls. It can give us words to pray, words to sing, words to, to meditate on, and to help us worship and praise the Lord. So let's now look to God's word here in Psalm 59 to see how helpful it is to us. This is God's holy word to us this morning. To the choir master, according to Do Not Destroy, a victim of David, when Saul sent men to watch his house in order to kill him. Deliver me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who work evil and save me from bloodthirsty men. For behold, they lie and wait for my life. Fierce men stir up strife against me. For no transgression or sin of mine, O Lord. For no fault of mine, they run and make ready. Awake, come to meet me and see you, Lord God of hosts, you are the God of Israel. Rouse yourself to punish all the nations. Spare none of those who treacherously plot evil. Each evening they come back, howling like dogs and prowling about the city. There they are, bellowing with their mouths, with swords in their lips. For who, they think, will hear us? But you, O Lord, laugh at them. You hold all the nations in derision. Oh, my strength, I will watch for you. For you, oh God, are my fortress. My God in his steadfast love will meet me. God will let me look in triumph on my enemies. Kill them not, lest my people forget. 
Make them totter by your power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. For the sin of their mouths, the word of their lips, let them be trapped in their pride. For the cursing and lies they utter, consume them in wrath. Consume them till they are no more, that they may know that God rules over Jacob to the ends of the earth. Each evening they come back. Howling like dogs and prowling about the city. They wander about for food and growl if they do not get their fill. But I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. Oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you. For you, oh God, are my fortress. The God who shows me steadfast love. Pray with me. Oh God, our strength, you are a fortress, a refuge in the day of distress. Protect us from those who seek to do evil. Protect us from ourselves when we are tempted to slide into foolishness. Help us like what is modeled for us here in Psalm 59 to to cry out to you, to pray to you. To remember who you are and what you have done for us in Christ. Oh Lord, you are our salvation and our fortress. Teach us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This past week, I had the opportunity, the privilege to attend the visitation of a dear friend and mentor of mine who passed away. Some of you will know him. His name was Richard O'Farrell. We called him Mr. O. Uh, Mr. O was the longtime founder and owner and director of Alpine Camp for Boys in Mentone, Alabama. He was the uncle of John Bice, one of our ruling elders. Uh, Three of the best summers of my life were spent up there on the mountain at summer camp under his leadership. To remember him and to honor his life, uh, the family decided to hold a hymn sing after the visitation. First time I had been to something like this. You go and you visit and you greet the family and all right, everybody go in here. We're going to go sing some songs. It was great. Uh, The reason the family wanted to do this is because they wanted to honor a, a decades old tradition that he had started that during the summer months on Sunday evenings, that the counselors were given a little bit of break And they would go and cram into every nook and cranny of Mr. and Mrs. O'Farrell's home and get to eat pizza without their kids (laughs) and sing hymns. How in the world they got a bunch of college men to sing hymns that loudly, I don't know. But it was a a wonderful time. Some of my best memories are are singing those hymns uh, with my brothers in the O'Farrell's homes. Uh, At this hymn sing, I got to catch up with a friend of mine who I'd known for over 20 years, uh, who was a counselor there with me. After that time of singing, he, he told me, he said, that was good for my soul. I have not worshiped like that in quite some time. And I could see in his eyes, I could hear it in his voice, that he was quite moved and his soul was refreshed and encouraged. I think my friend experienced something like what King David here is describing in Psalm 59. That it is often through singing 
and the other means that God has appointed, that he has given to us, that the gospel is made real. The gospel is made tangible and felt by us deep down in our souls. It is often through singing that, the, that God is made real to us and that the truths of God are made real to us. You see, David was in a terrible situation here. It's like all you have to do is just flip through the Psalms and go, yeah, he is in a lot of bad situations. Uh, could you imagine uh, being at home tonight and being asleep and waking up to enemies, to men surrounding your house, howling and prowling like dogs trying to take your life? What would you do? Well, I think I would probably call the cops. I'd probably get my family to safety. And I would probably go choose some choice things to arm myself to protect my family. David probably did some of those things. And then his wife said, this is not going to work. So she says, we're going to, you know, dress up a goat and all those things. It's kind of a crazy story. <laughs> um, but David did something during the situation. He, he modeled something for us that I think we need to pay, pay, pay very close attention to. Uh, what David did in this stressful and distressful situation is very helpful for us to take note of. What did he do? He, he worshiped. He worshiped God. In his distress, David prayed. He cried out to God, deliver me, O Lord. And then he, he meditated on who God was and how God was his protection. And then he sang songs to praise God for his protection and deliverance. It's amazing to notice what is modeled here for us. I must confess that I do quite the opposite of what is modeled for us here in Psalm 59. When I'm stressed, when I'm worried, when I'm going through a hard time, and in my sinful nature and my foolishness, in those times of stress and worry, I become a gospel amnesiac. I, I forget the Lord and who he is and what he has done. I forget to focus on God. And what I tend to do is, I'm sure like many of you, focus inward. Focus on myself. I turn inward and I think, what am I going to do about this situation? How am I going to bring comfort and, and, and clarity and resolve to this situation? Again, I'm thankful for the scriptures, and I'm thankful that David models for us something very different than turning inward. Here in Psalm 59, he shows us that when we are worried, when we are stressed, when we're going through a difficult time in life, we focus on the Lord. Focus on the Lord and not on ourselves. That's the solution here. So what is it that you're going through right now? I didn't call or email every one of you this week. I guess I could, and I'm sure my email, email inbox would be pretty full. <laughs> Tell me what you're worried about. Tell me what's going on. I want you to think about that right now. What is it that is stressing you or distressing you? Think about what it is. And I want you to just notice here in this psalm how David models for us that the only solution 
The only answer to our worries, the cure to what ails us, it is the gospel. It is focusing on the good news of Christ. It is focusing on God himself. The gospel is called in Psalm 59, the steadfast love of the Lord. It's this never giving up, never stopping, always and forever love, that steadfast love of the Lord. That is what we hold on to. That is what we grasp in our times of trouble. But how do we do that? How do we focus on the steadfast love of the Lord? How do we, how do we get that gospel into here and into here? When the stress, when the anxieties, when the worries are so overwhelming, how do we focus on the Lord God and not on ourselves? Well, again, David models for us here in Psalm 59 how we do that. He shows us how we apply these truths about God and about the gospel to our lives. He models this for us through prayer, through meditation, and through singing. Prayer, meditation, and singing. These three things, these three truths, these three things God has given to us to help us focus on him and not on ourselves, not on our circumstances, not just drowning in our stress and our worries. God has called us and helped us to focus on him. So I want us to look at those three things here in Psalm 59. The first is that in our distress, we focus on God through prayer. Through prayer. Look at those first two verses here of Psalm 59. David begins the psalm with a simple cry for help. It's a fervent prayer, but notice the language of urgency that he uses here. Deliver me, protect me, deliver me, save me. This cry for help, this, this cry, this prayer that David cries out to, to God, it's very similar. It echoes the words that Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. It's a phrase that sometimes we can pass over very quickly when we're saying the Lord's Prayer or reading the Lord's Prayer. Remember when Jesus taught us to pray, deliver us from evil. Have you thought about what that means? What that experience must have been like for David? That is exactly what he is crying out to here. And that's exactly what he is modeling for us. This is what Christians of all, in all places and all times must do. We should pray. Pray to our Father who art in heaven. Ask him for help. And pray expectantly, knowing that he hears us knowing that he is our refuge and strength, knowing that he's a very present help in times of trouble, knowing that even though it may be the hardest thing you've ever gone through and it may, there may be no end in sight and no immediate cure for your pain, that God hears you and he's even using that to grow you and bless you and for his glory. William Plummer said, prayer is our best weapon against our enemies. The best weapon that you and I have against our enemies is prayer. It's the best of all means. It's the first to be used. It's the first thing that we go to grab and hold of when we need help. No power but that which is involved in prayer is a match for our foes, Plummer says. It's the first thing we must go to for help. This does take practice. It does take discipline. It does take brothers and sisters in Christ encouraging us and helping us. 
It does mean that we have to learn from our mistakes and how we have turned inward. But we must learn this practice of going to God first in prayer, in our worries, in our stresses. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It is the simple cry for help, deliver me, O God. And we can thank God for this, that we can pray to him at all times, in any ways, any place. It is through prayer that we are drawn closer to God. So that's the first means that he has given us to help us in our distress. The second thing that God has given us that is modeled for us here in Psalm 59 to help us in our distress is to focus on God through meditation. To meditate on God. In many ways, as was most of the Psalms, Psalm 59 is an extended meditation on the power, on the character, and on the attributes of God. Psalm 59 teaches us a lot about who God is and what he has done for us. And so David not only models prayer for us here as a first line of defense, but he's also modeling for us the Christian discipline of meditation. This means focusing on God, meditating on who he is and not on ourselves. Again, it's a great sin of our fallen nature, our selfishness, our self-centeredness, where we all just start turning in, inward, when we are stressed, when we are worried, when we're going through a trial. So how do we, how do we prevent this? How do we become more outward focused? How do we take our, our eyes off ourselves and to focus on the Lord God? How do we keep from focusing on anything else but God? What David models for us here is that we meditate on God himself. Donald Whitney defines meditation this way. It's a very helpful definition. It says meditation is deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purposes of understanding, application, and prayer. That is so good and so true. Meditation is is, is taking these, these truths and these realities that we're taught in the scriptures and we're applying them to our lives to understand who God is, to help us pray, to help us apply these truths to our lives. This is what meditating on God involves. And so David spends much of his time in, in hiding and, and waiting for deliverance by doing what? Sharpening his arrows, counting his bullets. No, he's meditating on the wonderful person and works of God. Let's just look at a few places there. Look at verse 4. He declares who God is. You, Lord God of hosts. That's the God of armies. You're with me. You are the God of Israel. And then in verses 8 through 10, he, he just goes off on meditating on who the Lord is. Lord, you laugh at these enemies who think they are strong. You are my strength. You are my fortress. It is your steadfast love that will meet me. Lord, you will look in triumph over my enemies. Verse 11, God, you are my shield. Verse 13, it is God who rules over the earth. You see what he's doing there? He's rousing himself to focus on God, to meditate on him. William Plummer said again, he said, it's a special part of wisdom to bring to mind the excellent things of God's character and his government. In other words, it is wise, it is practical for you and I to meditate on who God is and what he has done. 
because that is where our strength and our confidence comes from. That is what will awaken our hopes and our joys. Plummer is right. May God help us to bring to mind how awesome and how wonderful he is so that we may be strengthened in our time of crisis. Uh, the, the reason why meditation on God is so important that we do this every day, but especially in our distresses, is so that we remind ourselves of the sovereignty of God. That's really what all this meditation is, that God is sovereign and that we are finite. We can't do anything to, in and of ourselves to prevent our bad situation. In other words, you and I have limits. We're not in control. God is. So when we meditate on the person and the work of God, we are reminded, as Plummer says again, that no set of circumstances creates a crisis or an emergency or an urgency in God. God is eternally and infinitely calm. Think about that for a moment. God is eternally and infinitely calm. You know, when you're worried or when you're stressed or when you've got something going on, maybe you have to go to your spouse, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's an elder, maybe it's someone that you just know that when you call them or when you reach out to them, they are just a calming influence on your life. Do you have someone like that? If you don't, you need someone. <laughs> we all need someone who's, who's like that. I mean, God is like that infinitely. He doesn't get riled up, worked up, or stressed out. He's eternally and infinitely calm. And this is really good news. And this is why you and I should meditate on the person and the work of God. It is good for our souls. So we have prayer. We have meditation. And finally, in our distress, we focus on God through singing. Through singing. Just like my friend that I shared with you who's so impacted by that hymn sing. Just like David, sometimes to help us focus and help us fix our eyes on the Lord, we need to sing. We need to sing the truths of God into our hearts, into our lives. We need to be with the brothers and sisters, with the saints, hearing these truths sung to bring us encouragement. That is what we want to do each and every Lord's day. We want to sing these truths together, just like we're going to sing here momentarily. We will feast in the house of Zion, and we will sing, he has done great things for us. We will say together, and we will do this before the table of the Lord. Maybe you're thinking, Pastor, that sounds awesome, but I don't like to sing. And I want you to know, I see you. I see you if you're not singing. Got a good perch up here. <laughs> But I have some news for you. This is great news for some of you. This is kind of like, so-so uh, news for others. We're all going to be singing in heaven. <laughs> this is one of the things we're all going to be doing. We're all going to be singing in heaven. So for some of you, might as well start practicing. Might as well get those things loosened up. Uh, you know, let's, let's, let's just make that joyful noise or that joyful lip service. Uh, whatever that looks like. Because it is something we will do together in heaven. Singing, though, we, we just, you know, how many TV shows now are there about singing, right? It's like it's all about performance and competition. It's, that's not what it is. 
God has given us singing for our blessing to help us. He gives us words. He gives us emotions. He gives us melodies to encourage us, to to help us worship him through prayer and meditation. Singing is good for the soul. It is good. And so Psalm 59 really in this whole sermon has been an application sermon because Psalm 59 is an example for you and I how to live the Christian life. Specifically, how to focus on the Lord and not on ourselves to do this through prayer, through meditation, through singing. But David is is not the ultimate teacher. He's not the master teacher on how to live the Christian life. The Lord Jesus Christ is. And he modeled these things for us, especially in the, the meal that is before us this morning. Through this means of grace that the Lord Jesus gave us, he taught us how to pray how to worship, how to meditate on the gospel. That's why he said, do these things in remembrance of me. Think about them. Think about what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And so let me encourage you here momentarily when you hold those elements, that you pray to God and you praise him for delivering you from your sin. When you hold the elements, meditate on the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is a refuge, who's a mighty fortress for your soul. And when you hold those elements, let me encourage you to sing these truths, to proclaim who God is and what he has done, how he has demonstrated his steadfast love for you and for me. Praise God for these things, these blessings that he has given to us. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we praise you from whom all blessings flow. Uh, Thank you for the Psalms that help us to pray and to meditate and to sing so that we may focus on you and not on ourselves. Lord, teach us how to live the the Christian life through these blessings of prayer and meditation and singing that you have given to us. Thank you that you have given us these things to help us grow and to be strengthened. We praise you, O God. You are our strength, our fortress, the God who has shown us your steadfast love in Christ. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen.